I know I talked about this topic once before, but I'm going to go back to it because it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. The major cities of America is getting worse and worse and worse. The war on drugs is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. The war to kill you is getting worse. There's an enemy out there trying to kill you. And you're letting them do it because you're not saying no. And, 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 and these congressmen and these mayors of these cities is allowing it to happen. This is not the wire. What I mean by that, you know, if you remember the, the HBO series, The Wire, they made a drug-free zone. They made an area where people can do whatever they want. They call it Amsterdam. Because they feel like, well, we, we you know, all the drug users and all the drug dealers are, are one side, you know, they kill each other up and all the crimes in one area. We just focus on the on the areas where people just pay their taxes and don't care about those folks. That's going to solve the issue. That's not going to solve the issue. God's not willing for no one to perish. So why should we be willing to see someone perish? I don't know what the solution is, but you guys got to find a solution to stop this problem. There's an enemy out there that's trying to kill you. Now, are you going to let that enemy kill you? We are at war, and we must defeat the enemy. We must engage in war against the drug dealers. If you don't, many people will die. And this is not going to last forever. This is not going to last forever. It will siege, the sin will siege, and it will come to an end. Because, because the evil will not conquer nothing. So it will come to an end, and it will siege. When? I don't know, but it will come to an end. And I don't think, I don't think the American people is taking this, 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 this situation serious with the things that's going on in these major cities. If you don't do nothing about it, it's going to spread like wildfire. And we saw how the fire was spreading in, in, in Hawaii. This right here, this pandemic, uh, a pandemic will spread like wildfire. So let's, once again, I want you to see what's going on here in American cities. This war that is, uh, that is being played on us with drugs has to come to an end. Take it serious. This is Portland, Oregon, the city where every drug is legal. Drug addiction, homelessness, crime, perhaps a few side effects of decriminalizing every drug. Or so I think. Many believe this city is a government experiment gone wrong. But how did this all happen and what can be done to fix it? So I met up with Kevin, a social worker born and raised in Portland whose life mission is to save this city before it's too late. I'm uh, born and raised Portland, Oregon. I've worked in social services a couple decades now, primarily working with the homeless. I have watched as this has grown into a legitimate crisis. 
crisis. I believe we can solve this with just applying a little bit of common sense, a little effort, and a lot of passion. Those are two fentanyl users right there. We're, we're already in kind of the heart of it. In this one block radius, there's at least 50 camps. You're gonna see a lot of overdoses out here. I carry Narcan, which is an opioid blocker. Because of Measure 110, this decriminalized all drug use. It's now just an open air drug scene. Well, smash and grabs are very common in Portland. We have a lawlessness city now. We have cops that can't even pursue. They're not even really allowed to because it's not serious enough. And we're gonna walk past the Chinese garden here to an encampment. Uh, in any major encampment, there's a mayor, which is a homeless person who's in charge of the encampment. Who I'm gonna inter introduce you to one of the mayors. Be a little discreet with the camera until we say hi. So I don't know it. these two, yeah. keep that in mind. I'll uh, we'll put that, put that. Kevin? I want to see if JB and Kevin. Yeah, you guys on our right. right now. All right, well then, we walk and we walk away. Well, I've been here longer than you, brother. Hey, man, I'm Kevin. Well, Kevin is bold right now. JB! JB, don't live here! Oh, did he move? He was in K9. Now, get off. Where's K9? I don't know, Let's go. You are the boldest man I've ever met in my oh. life. I'm going to be honest. So, what it appears is that we have a leadership change. And I, I noticed that right away because I didn't recognize them. The new mayor's been reelected. He's been reelected or he just took the office. You know? What was the likelihood of him using physical violence to beat our ass? Yeah, I'd say there was a high likelihood. Yeah. He, he did have his knife out and luckily we got away. Yeah, I've been here multiple times the last couple years uh, and I've built a really a strong rapport with these people. And I've, I've only been gone here for a week. Uh, I know of a homeless camp that's about a mile and a half from here. And a guy has shotguns in the trees where if you step the wrong place, it's gonna shoot you. And this was the moment I realized Kevin is insane. How many other times have you been assaulted? I've been stabbed twice. I've been punched multiple times. I've had needles uh, shoved into my back, hypodermic needles. So I had to get tested for HIV. Had a guy try to cut my head off with a machete last year. He chased me full speed. And the only reason I lived is because I dove last second as he swung. And after we called the police and he was arrested, he said, I was trying to kill you because I wanted to be murdered by the police. So I got hit once. He was upset I was filming him. The reason why I was filming him is because he was committing a crime. Right? Punched me again, knocked me to the ground, uh, got hit in the head, got Jeez. kicked, and then he walked away. Jesus. You're a patient guy, yes. Yeah. You know, they're hearing voices, command voices that might say, I need to kill Tyler. After hearing how many times Kevin's nearly been killed out here doing this, we went downtown to talk to some drug addicts to figure out how this all happened. So what's going on here? Is this fentanyl use? Well, I'm gonna go talk with him really quick. Oh, this looks like someone's tripping, potentially. Hey, I'm with my friends. I was wondering if you would want to talk to him for a second for $5. Is this something you would want to do, dear? No? Okay. So this is, uh, you know, she is severely mentally ill. She's holding a fentanyl pipe. And as you see, her oh. pants are completely down. Oh, I see. I did not notice that. And, yeah. you know, she really is someone who needs serious mental health treatment. And okay. it's not, she's not getting it out here. So fentanyl has completely replaced almost all other drugs. Okay. It got really popular the last couple of years. Started, I think we think, in Philadelphia. Origin point is Philadelphia, Kensington, where we went? Uh, that's what we believe. Trank and Fetty really started there. We just, because you use needles. So what's going on here? He seems to be symptomatic, so I'll go say hi to him and see if I can okay. offer him a cigarette. Right? These two people as well seem to be tripping, doing fentanyl or what? Yeah, and right in front of, you know, a so bar, and grill. No bar and grill. A lot of businesses around here are closed down because of the crime, because of the drug use. This is my friend Tyler. How you doing? I see you're holding a fentanyl straw. Do you want to share with me uh, when you started using fentanyl? Uh... 
almost everybody on the streets now are using fentanyl. Are they really? Yeah. How long you been out here? A while. I don't remember exactly how long. Okay. Well, let me ask you, is anybody out here helping you get off the streets? Nope. Take care of yourself, man. How you doing, sir? So you're doing fentanyl right now, yeah? I was loading some speed. Do you do any other drugs besides speed? Yeah, I mean, I do drugs. Okay. What are we talking here? Fentanyl? Mushrooms. LSD. I like MDMA, MDA, uh, 2CB, 2CC7, 2CI, 2CE. It's a lot of drugs, yeah. People out here approaching you and offering help, you know, like outreach workers. Do so you feel like no one's really giving you help out here? When you're homeless, you, uh, you have to, like, have a, a house to get a job. Sure. You can't do it the other way around. You have to shower yeah. before work. Right. You have to know that you're going to be able to sleep and get up at that time. Are you afraid to be out here at night? I mean, sometimes, like, a week ago, I was sleeping in my sleeping bag and I set up someone yelling at me and he started socking me in the face. I couldn't walk the other day and they took me to the hospital and they like kicked me out and I had an episode where I couldn't even get up at the hospital and they're just like, bye. I felt very underwhelmed and underappreciated. The people Hold on, out here. He, he's breathing unnaturally. You okay, brother? You okay? Hey, Stu, you good? You yeah. okay, bro? Okay. Yeah, he, he, he's falling asleep. He deep breathes. Okay. And like seriously, um, yeah. these cold nights that we've had, yeah. if people weren't high out here, they'd die of, from freezing. Well, thank you for your time, Johnny. Appreciate it. The situation for these homeless seemed brutal, but how did Portland get to this point? As we walked around the corner, I saw another guy injecting a needle into his arm. Jay. My name's Tyler, Jay. Good to meet you. Jay, what are you shooting up here? Xylazine? No. No? Good old fashioned white boy meth. Got it. How long you been out here? How long you been homeless in Portland? I've been homeless since 96. So 1996. Okay. Jay, how dangerous it is, is it out here on these streets? It's gotten a lot worse. This, just in the last year, I've seen three different shootings where somebody's been shot and killed. Hey, brother. How you guys doing? Number one thing homeless people need. You think it's housing? Yeah, 17,000 ghost houses in this city. And most are telling us that no one's out here really approaching you all. Stealing everybody's stuff. You have people steal from you? Oh, yeah. 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 Rapid response? They are the worst. Rapid response goes into people's camps, gives them 72 hours to get out. And if they're not out in that 72 hours, they take everything they own and they got to start over again. There shouldn't be anybody homeless right now. $3.2 billion? If I had that money, I bought all those houses and gave it every person that needed a home a home. Once you give them the home, what happens next with the, the drug price? That's something. Them. It's going to take at least five years for them to get adjusted. Okay, so what if they don't pay their bills and they fall further into addiction and use the homes or destroy it? That's the risk with dealing with humans. I'm an addict. Yeah. I've been out here uh, 48 years homeless off and on. While the homeless here clearly felt left behind by the city, what led to so many of them ending up on the streets in the first place? Have a great day. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, hey, brother. Does your family know you're here? No? Okay. How old are you? You're 22? Okay. Yeah. You know, you can recover th from this, you know this, right? You know how to get into a shelter? Just try to go into a shelter tonight and see how it works, will you? Please. With a 22-year-old kid on the streets, barely able to speak anymore, common sense would argue drugs have an obvious and major role in this homelessness crisis. But what is the city doing to help this? So Kevin, you said the shelters, so there are places these people could go to? The shelters, you get stolen from more in the shelters than I you see. do out here. You can live in a tent in a park, or you can go to a shelter where there's 91 bunk beds and one large room with no air conditioning, where people are coughing all night. There's some people living right under here, and I just want to introduce you to them if they're still here. So it Damn. is. It smells immediately like. I know. Hey there, how you doing, man? I noticed you have a suitcase. Is that what you used to carry all your things? And you move from place to place every night? Yeah, it's just a blanket, some 
how easy is it to get your hands on fentanyl out here? Oh, crazy. And you know what this is, of course. Yeah. Have you ever had to use one of these on yourself or someone else? Or? Yeah, somebody's had to use it on me like five times. How many times have you tried to quit? Oh, I, I need to be really honest with you. This isn't going to last. You're not going to last another year or two out here, brother. I'm not. You'll be dead in a year if you don't stop. You know this, right? Please. Would you go into a shelter, or go into treatment or detox? I, I, go, I go to shelter. And there's a shelter right here. Okay, right on. So we find we see yeah. a lot of people in wheelchairs with the uh, un unable to walk that are stuck out here homeless. Okay. And they're, of course, the ones being victimized more than anybody. They're assaulted because they can't chase them, run away, any of sure. that. And that's very common, sadly. Kevin, what is this right here? Blanchett House of Hospitality? Blanchett has been offering food to the homeless for decades. Okay. Look, I'm all about helping a person meet their basic needs, but let me ask you this. Yep. If you feed a person 10 years in a row, have you done them any good? Yeah, you got to teach a man to fish. And out of nowhere, we heard this in the distance. And I'm like, you know what? That's actually true. This is neglect. Uh, yeah. Let's go. So that was a gunshot. Okay, let's go. So let's go. So how often do you hear gunshots out here? Who just got blipped? Well... Someone just got shot, you think? I don't know, but that was a gunshot. Okay, you're used to it. Well, yeah, I mean, you hear him. This pointed at us? Okay. It did actually come from the camp we were kicked out of an hour ago when the guy pulled the knife on us. You know, murders are common out here. I mean, one way to get away with a murder out here is to call it an overdose. This happened to one of my clients recently, is they put two fentanyl pills in his drink and he, did, he wasn't a user and died of an overdose. It was, you know, the fentanyl powder and they put it in his drink. Actually, they did it sort of as a joke. He overdosed and died. So we're not gonna get fentanyl overdosed. There is a 60% um, chance that's not gonna happen. Uh, and you have Narcan in case I touch it or Pasha touches it or you touch yeah, it. Yeah, 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 I'm prepared. But tell me about decriminalization of drug use in Portland. <sighs> Portland, or really the state of Oregon, decided to decriminalize drugs was because some had argued that we shouldn't make drug use punitive and that we need to offer treatment. And that sounds great. But Portland took inspiration from places like Portugal and the Netherlands, places that successfully decriminalized drugs. But the big difference between them and Portland is that they had rehabilitation systems in place that they proved to work before they did it. Kevin thinks that Portland forgot to include recovery, detox, treatment, all that that stuff that they promised really isn't happening. A person who is using drugs oftentimes have gone through a, a trauma. And so what they lack is rational thinking. And so people who already have make poor choices are unable to really stop using anyway, but now you've given them the freedom to use as much as they want. Sure. And that's terrifying. But why did the people of Portland vote for this? So we went to Fentanyl Fountain to ask the locals their opinion on the decriminalization of drugs. This is the fountain. Now, Fentanyl Fountain? Of course, any other day of the week, it's gonna be a completely different scene here. They, Does it get uh, worse throughout the week? Yeah, they come here Friday night and just and sweep everybody and clean it up. Yeah, and then the vendors come here and, you know, set, set up shop. How long have you been out here in Portland? Almost 20 years. You were here before and after decriminalization? I was. Okay. I was. And I, I, it got progressively worse for a number of years, but um, they're definitely cutting the meth with fentanyl because there'd be people running around that were really happy in the morning just losing their shit the afternoon. Yeah. How does this place change after today? There are quite a lot of okay. wandering people who don't have homes that do spend a lot of okay. time here. Definitely have seen um, a lot of downtown businesses really struggling, not necessarily with the legalization of drugs, but just people camping in their doorway. Um, have you been in Portland for many years? Oh, my whole life. Okay, yes. got it. So you've seen Portland before decriminalization and after? Sure. Have you seen any impact on downtown or? Okay. I hope you guys have an awesome day. Oh, okay.
You too. Okay, we're noticing some general resilience, but... Um, well, there is, because sure. about 60% of the people voted for this uh, measure. See. They're not going to change their opinion. I feel like the decriminalization of drugs yeah. turned into the decriminalization of crime. You know, when you need help, it's the police don't show up. Do you support the decriminalization of drugs here? Yeah, of course I do, because it's no longer, uh, like, the jails aren't filling up with junkies. Well, Got it, okay. Yes. Drugs aren't bad, they're just preferred for the people that can properly use them. Do you use drugs harder than we out here? Uh, unfortunately, yes. I take breaks. Okay. Yeah, not everyone can do that. Out here, I mean, people are still dying. So, I died last week. So you I'm got nice, hit with nice. an Arcan or? Yes. It doesn't work very well? You said it didn't work. I had to have injectable. Okay. And you almost died? I did die. Oh, you died and you were brought back. Does that scare you or does it lead you to be like, damn, I should stop using or is it just so hard to, to the withdrawal syndromes or whatnot? All three. Yeah, we, we've both died a couple times. So that's why we've chosen not to mess with fentanyl anymore. Sure. Hi there. My name's Catherine. I'm currently unhoused because my wallet, ID, and phone were stolen a few months ago. It is impossible to get an ID uh, when you are homeless. I want to work a job. I want to live inside. I was thrown out of my parents' house. I didn't use. They kicked me out for being queer and openly coming out to them. And then I had one argument with her. I told her to F off. The next day, she bought me a Greyhound ticket, sent me here. I have nothing. It's been three months since then. I was reported missing by someone on my TikTok account, not by them. They know where I am. They sent me here to be homeless, to die on the streets because I'm queer. I worked at a homeless shelter and came out as a she, they, non-binary, gender fluid individual. I told them she, they. It's no longer she, her, she, they. And then I was fired. The brain on drugs starts off with the war that is against you. The brain on drugs starts off with the war that is against you. You are at war and you don't even know that you're at war. Someone don't like you. If they did, they wouldn't sell you drugs. The devil does not like you. The devil is not for you. He wants you to use drugs. He wants to kill you. He wants to have power and control over your mind. So you are at war. The brain on drugs starts off with the war that is against you. How long are you going to continue to let the devil control you? How long are you going to continue to let the devil control you? control you? When are you going to rebuke the devil? Because every time you buy drugs, every time you use drugs, the devil is being in control of you. So you are at war and you don't even know that you're at war. The brain on drugs starts off with the war that is against you. Someone don't like you. And you have the power to say no. No. You have the power to say no to the drug cartel. There wouldn't be a drug cartel if you wouldn't buy drugs. If you didn't buy drugs, there wouldn't be a drug cartel because you have the power to say no. You have the power to say no. So the brain on drugs starts off with the war that is against you. What you are being exposed to is your enemy. Why is it your enemy? Because you take it and use it. So it becomes your enemy. You take it and use it, knowing, knowing the effects, knowing the harm it, does, it will do to you. So it becomes your enemy. So what you're being exposed to becomes your enemy because you are willing to buy it. You are willing to use it. So it becomes your enemy because you know 
the harm that it can do to you. Poison is used to manipulate and control individuals. Poison is used to manipulate and control individuals. So like I said, your enemy is the devil. Your enemy, whoever's selling you the drugs is your enemy. He wants you to be poisoned. He wants you to have mental health problems. He wants to control your mind. This is called formamika. Formamika. This is called formamika. And formamika is sorcery. And those who do sorcery would not enter the kingdom of heaven. Would not enter the kingdom of heaven. This is called sorcery. Formamika. What you're being exposed to becomes your enemy. Poison. 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 Anybody that poisons you don't like you. They want to kill you. They want to kill you. They want to kill you. So, Formamika. Formamika. A drug dealer is nothing but a sorcerer. A drug dealer is nothing but a sorcerer. And this is a Formamika. Sorcery. Anybody that, that, that produced drugs, bad drugs, anybody that produces bad drugs in the lab, it's like a witch. A witch. What did a witch do? She's trying to figure out how to poison people. She's figuring out how to poison people that she don't like. What do you think? That's a drug dealer. A drug dealer is nothing but a sorcerer. Formamika, a person that does sorcery. So a drug dealer is a sorcerer. The type of person who sips chemicals into a woman's drink and take advantage of her. So they are mind raping you. The drug cartel is like a person who slips chemicals in a woman's drink and take advantage of her. They're raping you. They're raping your mind. They're offering you drugs. They want to take advantage of your mind. They know the harm that drugs do to you. They know the harm that drugs do. They don't care. They want your mind. They want your money. They want your mind. And you give them your money. Out of idolatry, drug use, hatred, jealousy, anger, outbursts, selfish ambitions, conflict, factions. This is a drug dealer. This is the drug cartel. Idolatry is you, the person that's using drugs. Idolatry, you in love, you in love with the drug. You in love with the drug. Idolatry is the same person that's selling you drugs. He in love selling you drugs, selling you something bad. Drug use, hatred, rivalry, jealousy, anger, outbush, outbursts, selfish, ambitions, conflict, factions. You continue to do these things, you would not enter the kingdom of heaven. God warns us of these things. He says, do not do these things. And this is your drug cartel. This is your drug cartel, and this is your drug dealer. Former Mika.
They're sorcerers. Those who live like this will not enter the kingdom of God. They will not enter the kingdom of God. For many years, they have commercialized and targeted Black and Latino communities with substances. For many years, they have commercialized and targeted Black and Latino communities with substances, with illegal substances, with drugs. So they continue to target Black, African-American communities, Latino communities here in America. When you see commercials, you see somebody look like you, they're targeting targeting African-American communities. They want your mind. They want your mind. They are your enemy. And this is not a racist thing. So I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about white folks. White folks are not your enemy. Demons are your enemy. Principalities of this world are your enemy. It's not a race of people that's your enemy. The principalities, the demons are your enemy. So this is not a racial thing. But they are targeting African-American communities and they are targeting uh, Latin communities. Why? Why are you targeting African-American communities and Latin communities? Well, they're targeting African-American communities because there's trauma there. Anytime you had slavery and you don't know who you are, there's trauma. So you're an easy target because the trauma is already there. So now they just got to get you to, to, to be worse and worse and worse off. Latino communities, there's some trauma there. There's trauma there in Latino communities. What type of trauma there there are, there's some trauma there. There's trauma in white communities. There's trauma. Anytime there's trauma, you get commercialized. The enemy's commercializing you. You see somebody that looks like you, right? Something that the, anything that is opposite of God, anything that's a stereotype that is opposite of God, anything that's an idol, idol. When African Americans, when you idolize thugs, right, they can commercialize that to you because that's what you like. You like you like looking at thugs. You like looking at thugs. You like looking at rappers that drink an alcohol, that's smoking marijuana. So they commercialize that to you because that's what you like. Latino community, if you like looking at Scarface, you like looking at gangsters and all that kind of stuff, you idolize that, they they commercialize that to you because that's your idol. And those people like to use drugs, they like to drink alcohol, they like to get drunk. Because you like it, the devil's going to give it to you. He's targeting you. If you go on, on, on YouTube right now, and you go to a certain African-American uh, influencers, influencers, they're drinking, they're smoking, and they're influencing you, they're commercializing their, their bad habits to you. These are not role models. These are not role models. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy when are you going to pay attention to that? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So who is your enemy? 
He's selling you drugs. He's stealing from you. He is stealing your mind because he knows the, the, the harm that it can do to you. And you just, you buy from him. You buy from the devil and you continue to use drugs. The enemies is looking at and laughing. He's laughing. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't want you to, to enter the kingdom of heaven. He does not want you to enter the kingdom of heaven because we are children. We're God's children. He is trying to destroy you. When you gonna when that's gonna click in your mind that they, there's your enemy out there trying to kill you? Why? So you cannot get ahead. So 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 the devil can have power and control over you. He wants power and control over you. He wants to kill you. He also wants you to influence others with your wickedness, with evilness. He wants to take your money, take your money, and take everything from you. Your money, your mind, everything. Your soul, everything. They profit from your sin and they sell you sin. They profit from your sin and they sell you sin. The drug cartel, they profit from your sin and they sell you sin. Even some of your governments sell you sin. They profit from your sin and they sell you sin. Your government, yes, they profit from your sin. They legalize certain things. They sell you they sell you your sin, they put you in prison, and they make money off of you. Every time they arrest you, they influence you with certain things by TV or radio. And then when they arrest you, they profit from your sin. They sell you sin and they profit from your sin. How long are you going to continue to allow that to happen to you? How long are you going to continue to allow that to happen to you? When are you going to say no? The brain on drugs starts off with the war that is against you. What peace can there be so long as there, there is a whore and there is sorcery? And whoring and sorcery is your mother. Whoring and sorcery is your mother. A whore is people who, do, who engages in simple activity for money. You're a drug dealer. A drug dealer is a whore. Every drug dealer that sells you drugs is a whore. Is a whore. Because they are engaging in simple activity for payment. And every time you buy drugs, that drug dealer becomes your mother. That drug dealer becomes your mother. That drug dealer that is a whore becomes your mother. Why do I say your mother? Because a mother provides nutrients. When you have a mom, when there's a mom, she provides nutrients for her children. She provides the, 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 the milk. She supplies the nutrition. She supplies everything that that kid needs. And so when you continue to go to a drug dealer, that drug dealer becomes your mother because you're addicted to drugs. So as long as you're addicted to drugs, you keep going back to your drug dealer mother that's a whore, and she she keeps she keeps giving you things that you that you want and that you need. You want the drugs. Like I said, there wouldn't be a drug cartel if you wouldn't if you wouldn't buy it, if you say no. The drug dealer is your mother. 
and that drug dealer is a whore. A whore is a person that engages in sinful activity for payment. If you have extreme admiration for that drug, for that drug dealer, this is sorcery. And this is called adultery. You in love with drugs. You in love with a drug dealer. That's not adultery. You worship drug use. You worship drug use. And those who do idolatry would not enter the kingdom of heaven. Would not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have the power to say no. You have the power to say no. These merchant drug dealers are called the great ones of the earth right now. These merchant drug dealers are called the great ones on earth right now, and all the nations are deceived by their sorcery. All the all South America are deceived by their sorcery. South America is deceived by drug dealers and their sorcery. Other countries are deceived by drug dealers and their sorcery. These whores, there's government whores, they're selling you bad things. They're selling you simple activity for payment. They're selling you marijuana, simple activity for payment. They're whores. And you keep running to them. So they got you deceived in their sorcery. These merchants are murderers. They don't care. They know they're killing you. They don't care. They're murderers. Their sorcery causes people to murder and be involved in sexual immorality that causing other people to sin and causing people to be in to do sexual immorality. A lot of people, a lot of women get on drugs. A lot of people get on drugs. They start doing, they have simple behavior. They start doing sexual things that they normally wouldn't do. They, they cause themselves to get in, to, to do sexual immorality. The drugs cause them to do sexual immorality. And the drug dealers know this. Some of these drug dealers, they're, they're raping women. They poison them with their drugs and then they're raping them. These merchants are murderers. They're rapists. And this type of behavior would not enter the kingdom of God. Every time you use a substance knowing it is not good for you, you're putting yourself in condemnation. You're putting yourself in condemnation. The judgment is already on you because you continue to use the substance. You continue to use the substance. You continue to damage and kill yourself. You're putting yourself in, in condemnation. Idolatry. You in love with something that does not belong to you. It is not a substance of God. The brain on drugs starts off with the war that is against you. Why do I say that? Why do I say you can, you're living in condemnation? You're putting yourself in condemnation because you're being deceived. You allow yourself to be deceived because you know that drugs doesn't belong to you. You know that drugs are harmful to you and you continue to use it till you allow yourself to be deceived. You allow yourself to be deceived. I'm asking you, brothers and sisters, when are you going to say no? 
When are you going to when are you going to rebuke the devil? Rebuke the devil. You have power over the drug cartel. You have power over your enemy. You have power over your enemy by saying no. Rebuke the devil and he will flee. When are you going to stop allowing the devil to take advantage of you? When? Ask yourself that. When are you going to stop allowing the devil to take advantage of you? When are you going to stop, stop allowing the devil to expose you to things that does not belong to you? Rebuke the devil by saying no. And you have the power to do that. You have the power to say no. And you don't have to use drugs because you have the power to say no. The brain on drugs starts off with the war that is against you. There's a war that is against you. Now, mothers and fathers, when, you're, when your kid die by, by using drugs, or your loved one die by using drugs, it is not the president's fault. Stop brain blaming the president. It's not the president's fault. It's that person that's using drugs' fault. Because they don't have the power to say no. They don't have the power to say no. Only time when it's the president's fault, when he allows the drug cartel come in this country and sell drugs, come in this country to kill innocent American citizens or innocent people. When you uh, when you are president or you are governor or you are mayor, they allow drug dealers to take over communities. And you have the power to stop it. You have the power to stop it. You allow innocent people to get killed. And you have the power to stop it. So those governors, those, those mayors, those presidents, those people that are in power, the, the people who vote for you put you in power to protect them. Yes, we all know that the person that's using drugs have the power to say no, but you also have the power to protect them, to arrest these drug dealers, to arrest the drug dealers, to detain the drug dealers, to arrest them. These drug dealers are whores. And those governments that allow drug dealers to be out there and those governments that are that are that are that are getting paid to harm people, you are a whore. You engaging in simple activity for payment, you become a whore. So the brain on drugs starts off with the war that is against you. And we have the power to stop this war right now. Protect ourselves and protect others by saying no. By saying no. South America, you have the power to say no. North America, you have the power to say no. In other parts of the world, you have power to say no to drugs. The brain on drugs starts off with the war that is against you. Alcohol and drug dependency is a unique, irreversible progressive disease. 
In certain individuals, each incident of substance use chemically alters the brain. If you continue to use drugs, it's going to affect your mental health. If you continue to use drugs, it's going to affect your mental health. A progressive process of substance use, that means you continue to want drugs. Like anything else, when you continue to do, it becomes an addiction. So you have powerful cravings. And when you have powerful cravings and you and you become addicted to these to drugs, you got to seek help. You got to go to the hospital to seek help. If you continue to use drugs, if you continue to use substance use, if you continue to use drugs, it's going to affect your body. It's already affecting your mind. The way you think is going to affect your body. It's going to affect your liver, your kidneys, your lungs, and other organs. This is going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse if we don't put a stop to it. This is going to be our new pandemic. Why? Because states are legalizing marijuana. Drugs are coming in from the drug cartel. Kids are using drugs at an early age. Alcohol usage is getting worse. Kids are smoking cigarettes. It's affecting the young lungs at an early age. These things are getting worse and worse and worse and worse. A, de a, a delay response, if you don't get help, you don't get help you can die you can die substance use disorders can get worse and worse and worse over time and over time over time if you don't get help and so 90 percent and 95 percent of americans will be affected by a mental illness 90% and 95% of Americans will be affected by a mental illness. This is going to be our new pandemic. We are at war. We are at war. The brain owns drugs. <laughs>